Masechus Bekurim Perak Beis Mishnah Hintul Perak Beis Mishnah Ches. The first four Mishnayos of this Perak discuss the various similarities and differences between Bekurim, Truma, and Maisasheni. And because of that, the remainder of this Perak will have a similar structure where we compare two things or three things and we see how they are similar or different. And the main focus of Mishnah Hay is Trumas Maisa. The halacha is that one tenth of one's produce is separated as Maisarishan and given to a Levi. And when that Levi receives that one tenth, which is Maisarishan, he needs to separate one tenth of that as Trumas Maisa and give it to a Kohen. So the Mishnah tells us that Trumas Maisa shovela bekurim b'shteidrachim. Trumas Maisa is similar to bekurim in two ways, and in those two ways it is different from Truma. But at the same time, vela Truma b'shteidrachim, it's similar to Truma and not bekurim in two other ways. So firstly, Bekurim can be separated from pure produce, from Tahar produce on behalf of Tomei produce. And secondly, Vishalimina Mukov. It can also be separated from produce which is not next to it, kabikurim, just like bikurim. So what exactly are we talking about? So in general, when it comes to truma, if one is separating truma on behalf of a particular produce, that produce needs to be next to the truma which he is separating, and that is known as the halacha of minhamukov, that the produce which he is separating and the produce which he is separating on behalf of, they both have to be next to each other. And because of that law, one is not allowed to separate truma from pure produce on behalf of impure produce. Reason being that if the Tommy produce touches the Torah produce, it will make it Tommy. And in order that that not happen, you're likely to separate them out from each other, and you will come to separate the truma not minamukov because you won't want to put the Torah produce and the Tommy produce near to each other. So because of that, Medjabona one is not allowed to separate truma from Torah produce on behalf of Tommy produce in case you come to do it not minamukov. Now when it comes to Bikurim, it's clear that the halacha of Minamukov does not apply since Bikurim are designated while they're still on the tree growing and that's covering all of the produce on that tree. Now all of the produce on that tree is not right next to the Bikurim produce and yet we see that you still designate it as Bikurim, even not Minamukov. And so since the halacha of Minamukov doesn't apply to Bikurim, you're also allowed to separate Bikurim from Tohar produce on behalf of Tommy produce since there is no concern of Minamukov. Now just by the way, produce cannot become Tommy while it is still attached to the tree. So that would refer to somebody who separates Truma after he has picked the fruit off the tree. But even then, he does not need to separate it Minamukov since we see that the halacha of Minamukov doesn't apply. So the Mishnah is telling us that Trumas Maisa is like Bikurim in that it does not have the halacha of Minamukov. And this is learned from the Posuk which says that you should separate Trumas Maisa Mikul Maiser Seichem from all of the Maiserishan portions which you have received, referring to the Levi. From the fact that the Torah had to say from all of your Maiserishan portions, that extra word teaches us that even if one Maiserishan portion is here and another one is far away, nevertheless you can still separate the Trumas Maisa from one Maiserishan on behalf of other Maiserishan which is far away. So because of that, you're also able to separate Trumas Maisa from Tahar produce on behalf of Tommy produce, because as we explained, that is only as a result of the Halacha of Minamukov. Alright, and in what ways is Trumas Maisa similar to Truma and not similar to Bikurim? So firstly, Vaiseris is Hagayren. It forbids the threshing floor, which means that you're not allowed to eat the rest of the produce until Trumas Maisa has been separated. Just like Truma, but as we explained earlier, a couple of Mishnahis ago, that even if Bikurim has not yet been separated from the produce of that field, nevertheless you can still eat from the produce. And secondly, the Eshlo Shir, it has a fixed amount, Katruma just like Truma. 
And as we explained, although Bikurim also has a fixed amount, Bikurim's fixed amount is only Mijabonon, and there is no hint to that amount in the Torah at all. But when it comes to Truma, although the amount is Mijabonon, there is a hint to it in the Torah, and so in that way Trumas Meisa is similar to Truma, since Trumas Meisa also has a fixed amount, although the fixed amount for Trumas Meisa is Midoraisa. Mission Vol, we now go even more sidetracked, and the mission tells us that Esrig Shovel Ilon. An esrug tree is considered the same as a regular tree, b'shoshadrochem, in three ways. Vilayorak, but it's similar to vegetables, b'derach echad, in one way. Now, the truth is, it's similar to these things in many more ways. For example, it's similar to a tree in that you would make a bread pre-hot eights if you ate it. And there are other similarities as well. But what the mission is concerned about is just what year the fruit of the esrug tree are considered to have grown in. And the general halacha is that trees, fruit which grow on trees, we consider the year of their growth to be the year at which chanotah took place. Chanotah is when the fruit begins to form, and whatever year the chanotah of a fruit takes place in, we consider it to have grown in that year. On the other hand, when it comes to vegetables, we consider the year that they are harvested and picked from the ground as their year of growth. And we're going to see in our Mishnah now that what year it grows in does have many ramifications. So the Mishnah tells us that an esrog is Shovelo Ilon. It has the same halachas as a regular tree when it comes to the laws of Orla. Of Orla, Orla refers to the prohibition to benefit from the fruit of a tree during the tree's first three years of growth. So that means if the Chanotah stage, if the fruit began to grow in the third year of the tree, then it will be forbidden to benefit from that fruit, even if the fruit is only picked on the fourth year, because we consider it to have grown in the third year, and as such it will be forbidden to benefit from because of Orla, Uvaravoi. We also follow the Chanoto stage when it comes to the Halachas of Netaravoi. Netaravoi refers to the fourth year of a tree. All the fruit which grow during the fourth year of a tree need to be brought up to Yerushalayim and eaten over there. So again, what is included in the fourth year? What do we consider to have grown in the fourth year? So any of the fruit whose chanotah stage occurred in the fourth year will be considered a fourth year fruit. And thirdly, when it comes to Shemitah, which is once every seven years when one has to rest and not work his land, and all fruit which grow during that year are considered ownerless and they have a certain level of sanctity. And so the Mishnah is telling us that any fruit which they have their chanotah stage during the Shemitah year, that will be considered a Shemitah fruit. Now when it comes to these three, everybody agrees that an Esrug tree is the same as every other tree, and at least Orla and Revoti are out of Pesukim, and Shemitah is compared to those two. However, according to the Tanakama Villa Yorok Paderach Echad, the Esrug tree has the same halachas as regular vegetables in one way, and that is Shibishas Likitasai Esurai, that we do follow the time when it is picked when it comes to separating tithes. So with the halachas of separating tithes and the various maestras, we follow the year that the fruit is picked, and this makes a difference firstly because tithes are not all the same every year. So you need to know which tithes to separate for that fruit. And secondly, even those tithes which do need to be separated every year, one is not allowed to separate tithes from produce which grew one year on behalf of produce which grew during a different year. They have to be tithed separately. And the reason why when it comes to tithes we compare an esrog tree to a vegetable is because it has very similar properties to vegetables. Meaning that whereas regular trees can survive just on the rainwater which comes down on them, when it comes to vegetables, they need to be watered as well. They can't just survive on rainwater, and that also applies to an esrog tree. And therefore we compare an esrog to a vegetable, since there's no posuk which teaches us otherwise, unlike orla netaravoi. 
So when it comes to the tides, we follow logic that since it's the same as a, is very similar to a vegetable, it has the same halachas as a vegetable. The Rebbe Gamliel, that is the opinion of Rebbe Gamliel. However, Rebbe Yezer Omer, Rebbe Yezer says it has the same halachas as a regular tree for everything, even when it comes to tides. Because according to Rebbe Yezer, since the Torah implies that for Orla and Etarivori, and also for Shmita, an Esrog tree is considered like a regular tree, so that means the Torah is telling us that it's considered a tree. And so even if it does share properties of vegetables, we still consider it to be a tree, even for the halachas of tithes. Mishra Zayn, Dam Halchishtayin, the blood of those who walk on two legs, and that's referring to human beings. Shovel Adam Behema, it has the same halachas as animal blood, as the blood of regular animals, Lachachshus Hazra'im, in that it gives the ability to seeds to become tome. And that refers to any produce to become tome, because the halacha is that food can only become tome if it has come into contact with one of seven different liquids. Now one of those liquids is blood, but not every type of blood. The Torah in a couple of places compares human blood and animal blood to water. So we learn from there that just like water can make food tome, so too blood can. But that's only referring to blood of regular animals and blood of human beings, but not blood of a sheretz. A sheretz is a small animal, and the Torah lists eight animals which come under the category of a sheretz. And they have slightly different halachas to regular animals. For example, they have a very high level of tumor when they are dead, and the blood of a sheretz would not make food possible to become tome. But the Mishnah says that the human blood is similar to the Damha Sheretz. It's similar to the blood of a Sheretz. And an example of a Sheretz would be a weasel or a hedgehog and six other small animals which the Mishnah lists, which the Torah lists. So human blood is similar to the blood of a Sheretz in Chayovin Alov, in that one would not be liable to the punishment of Kores, which is when one is, so to speak, cut off from Hashem, he dies early perhaps, or his children die early. There are different manifestations of this punishment. But the Torah says that one is Chayv Kores if he eats the blood of a Chaya, or an oaf of a regular animal or a bird, but the Torah does not list the blood of a Sheretz or the blood of a human being. And so although it's forbidden to eat the blood of a Sheretz or a human being, if one does so they would not be chayv kores for eating the blood. However, if you were to eat a sheretz together with the blood, you would end up being chayv for eating the sheretz itself. It's just that there's no punishment for eating the blood itself. Mishnachetz, for the remaining Mishnahs for the Perek, we're going to be discussing a certain creature called a koi. And a koi is a unique creature for which it is a doubt as to whether he is considered to be a chaya or a behema. A chaya refers to more wild animals, whereas a behema is the name for more domesticated animals, such as cows and sheep and goats. But when it comes to a koi, we're not exactly sure which category it fits in. Now, what exactly a koi is, is also a doubt. Some say a koi is a product. It's the child of a goat and a deer. A goat is a behema and a deer is a chaya. Although some say it's neither. It's its own breed. It might be similar to a goat and a deer, but it doesn't actually come from those two animals. Rather, it's its own category of an animal. But be it as it may, this Mishnah is really an introduction to the next couple of Mishnahs because the Mishnah says, Koi, a koi, yes, bodrachim shavala chaya. There are some halachas about a koi which are the same as the halachas of a chaya. The yes, bodrachim shavala behema. Whereas in some ways it is similar to a behema, a domesticated animal. In other ways, it has some halachas which apply to both the behema and the chaya. And at the same time, there are also ways and halachas in which it is different to both a behema and the chaya. And the Mishnahs until the end of the parak will elaborate on which ways it is similar to each one.